Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hello and welcome to another week of spiritual shit. Happy Valentine's Day. I hope that you are spending it with someone you love, and I mean yourself. (laughs) A little time for some self-love today, for sure. Uh, We don't have too many announcements, and in fact, I'm going to put just most of them in the show notes. And I'm just, it's so funny. This episode in particular has a funny story, because I thought I aired this episode already. (laughs) When in fact, I had had a dream that I had aired this episode already. And so it's really funny because to me anyway, because I'm super hyper organized about what shows go in and when they come up on what days and whatever. And it like by divine circumstance, this episode just hadn't aired, I guess, until I started to get right back into dream work again. And started thinking about dreams and how to communicate in dreams and how to do all this stuff with my dreams and getting back into astral travel and magic and and all that kind of stuff. And so um, recently my uh, Instagram explore page did its job and directed me to good content that I was interested in where um, I'm going to take this class at um, Dream World and in order to learn more about the ancient practices of dreaming. Imagine that. And, uh, and so I started getting all excited about it again. And I went to pick up Athena's book, who's going to be on the show. Athena Laz is going to be on the show today. And, and I was like, Ooh, I need to get back into this. I need to get back and doing this, you know, whatever. And had gotten, um, and just like completely was like, what, wait a minute, we haven't aired this episode yet. (laughs) I had a dream that we did. And I really believe that that had actually happened. So anyway, by divine circumstance, it's coming in a time that it's, it's actually really important for me that it comes at this time, but I wonder if it's super important for the collective that it's coming at this particular time. Cause I'm super interested in how the timing of the episodes all kind of shakes out. And you guys always say, this is exactly what I was thinking right now. And if the collective just needed like dream shit right now. So anyway, I'm super excited to have her on. We're going to be talking about her book and tips about lucid dreaming and astral projection. It's going to be a good time. And then we have a few announcements. Um, today is the last day by midnight that you can get uh, our Manifest Them course for $100 off. Use the code LOVE100 in order to get that discount. Save some money moolah if you're ready to manifest your soulmate. Uh, you can go to manifestthem.com also to get the information from there. Um, obviously, if you want extra content in my solo episodes, last week we talked about my thoughts on Twin Flames, which is an interesting one. Not the popular opinion, but hey, it's an, just an opinion. And you can check that out over at patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah. And so if you are interested in any of the other services that I provide, check them out in the show notes. 
And lastly, if you are up for a guided meditation to give yourself an energy tune-up, you can check out my meditations at the lovely Aaliyah slash shop. And, you know, I turned it on for you right now. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the whole point is that they're super soothing and give yourself an opportunity to uh, cleanse your energy field. Josh Solar partnered with me on it and he did an amazing job with the music and making sure that they're in the frequencies of the chakras. It's bomb. So check that out. Go to thelovelylea.com slash shop. So that's all we got. I don't want to make this too long because I'm sure you got plans today, hopefully with someone or yourself uh, to take care of your lovely, lovely, lovely ass. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's enough. Let's get into the episode right now. Athena Laz, depth psychologist and dream teacher and now author of The Alchemy of Your Dreams, A Modern Guide to Ancient Art of Lucid Dreaming and Interpretation, is sharing in-depth knowledge and opportunities for others to benefit from the symbols and messages our dreams offer us. She is trained psychoanalytically with a particular interest in depth psychology, and her love has always been towards the transpersonal and symbolic aspects of her life. As a natural fourth-generation intuitive and avid lucid dreamer, she feels the psychological aspects of life must be incorporated with the spiritual aspects of self. Roughly one-third of our lives is spent sleeping. We know that time spent asleep is vital for rest and rejuvenation, but what if the time could be used for something more? She has dedicated her career to uncovering the wisdom of our dreams and revolutionizing what it means to be in touch with ourselves and the universe. For anyone who's ever felt that their dreams have true meaning, this book provides the exact tools needed to unravel their symbolism, harness their power, and level up our lives. Athena's book helps readers decipher their dreams and teaches them the skills to control what they dream about and to get answers to the specific problems that are bothering them in their waking life, according to the Sunday Post. So please welcome Athena to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely. And today we have Athena Laz, who is a depth psychologist, a dream interpreter, a just an all-around dream guru, which I'm super, super stoked about. Say hi to everybody. Hey, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Leah. She has this wonderful book out, which I really love the art on. It's The Alchemy of Your Dreams, A Modern Guide to the Ancient Art of Lucid Dreaming and Interpretation. So first of all, congrats on your book. Is this your first book? This is my first book. I'm very, very excited. And I have a dream journal coming out soon as well. That's coming out in November. But yes, it's my first, first book. <laughs> well, we're really excited. And I, and I got a chance to read some of it. And I'm, I'm, Dreams for me are, are such a pinnacle benchmark as far as uh, for my, my own walk and my own journey about discovering my, my own intuitiveness, my own spirituality. Um, when I was a kid, I started to have dreams and I had dreams of visitations from loved ones and different messages that would come through to the point that my mom would ask me, so what'd you dream about last night? And these dreams would then come true in some way, like not exactly, but some kind of twist or, or something along those lines. And so um, dreams have been a very important part of my life and uh, mm -hmm. I'm starting to reconnect with them in some way. So I do think deeply during this particular time, even for the collective, a lot of people are starting yeah. to tap into their dreams and starting right. to see that this is actually an important way to be able to connect to spirit. This is an important way to be able to receive messages. This is an important way to be able to heal. And that being a really, really juicy thing to kind of dive into. So um, right. before we get into all of that <laughs> lovely stuff, I, I would love to hear about your story and, and what brought you to this place. I know that you say that you're a first uh, generation intuitive, and I'd like to know more about that, but please tell everybody uh, where you're coming from and how you got here. So in essence, 
my the fourth generation intuitive stuff comes from my mother's line her family in the sense that all my mother my great my grandmother my great grandmother they all lived through wars and they had an incredible sixth sense and that was very much cultivated and passed on through our heritage and i don't think it's it's not accidental so intuition was something that um, was very much spoken about it within my family system with my mother and my siblings, but not something that we spoke about externally, mm -hmm. at least when I was growing up. Um, it just wasn't, I think it, it stemmed from a whole lot of things where, you know, back then, it's not like they had Instagram and how we're so connected now and you can just say whatever you want to say. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where my childhood experience came from. And then on the pathway, so I've always been very intuitive, always been very connected to my dreams. Um, I'm clear audience, so I hear, hear messages. Um, when I was younger, I could see a lot of things, but I think that frightened me quite a lot when I was younger, so that changed. And I'm very comfortable hearing things as opposed to seeing it, although dreams are very much about connecting with image, and symbol and something that I very much teach and um, yeah, really teach people how to connect to that part of themselves within dreams as well as within their waking lives because there actually isn't a separation between the two spaces other than our perception to perceive. Um, so, so that's kind of my story. And then along the way, I, I also trained to become a psychologist. I wanted to understand the human psyche I wanted to do death work I was very inspired by work like um Marissa Pinkler essays women who run with the wolves I loved Victor Frankl's work so all these great psychological thinkers who could go to a deathful place and a place that incorporated more than just um you know cognitive thinking or emotional patterns so that's really kind of my back story mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I think that what's, what's interesting about what you said earlier was that there is no separation between the waking life and the dream life. So, um, you know, maybe this is the first episode that people are listening to, and they've never really thought about their dreams. Uh, I would love to start from a very basic perspective of how dreams work, how they operate, um, and how people can, can use them a little bit like on the basic level, beginner level, because we are going to get into the deep metaphysical shit. So hold on guys, <laughs> but <laughs> Just to, to, to walk you up to it a little bit, um, the yeah. cursory uh, knowledge of what it means to uh, tap into your dreams. Because a lot of people think that they don't dream. And you yeah. say that's not true, correct? It's not true. It's actually been backed by research. We all dream every single night and we have actually cycles of dreams. And they're starting to prove now that even within those, what they thought were set cycles, we actually dream in between those as well. The thing is, most people, and it's a modern issue, I really find this to be a modern core, like a modern problem. Most people don't recall their dreams because they haven't placed value on them. They're so disconnected from that part of themselves and their inner world and the guidance that comes with that. And um, 
and you know for many reasons that dreams just kind of have been ignored and I feel that there's no it's not accidental that currently so many people are waking up to the power of their dreams because I feel like the pandemic forced everyone inwards and a lot of people had instinctive reactions of their dreams becoming highly evocative and you know in times of stress and crisis your your inner world your inner being whatever you want to call it your dreams that part of you that knows will become loud um, so that you can move forward. But just on a basic level, every night people dream. If you focus on remembering your dreams, you'll be able to recall them better. So it's very much an intention setting thing, I guess. Right. What is the purpose of, you know, having to make the intention towards our dreams in the first place? Why is it important for us to start looking at looking to our dreams, uh, to decode them, to look at the symbology, to connect with them in any kind of way? I think it's important for two reasons. The first is that when you dream, your dreams are so exclusive to you. Nobody else in the world will have the exact same dream as you. Maybe that's not exactly true, but Let's just say, you know, it's such a personal experience. So from that perspective, just from a psyche perspective, your dreams are alerting you to information that is helpful in the here and now. So just from that space, from an emotional and mental space, if you begin to decode your dreams, you'll you'll see how much information, guidance, positive solutions are being offered to you in your sleep, right? So that's just sort of like one of the reasons and there's you know I speak about this a lot in my book there's tons of research and programs and backing that proves this but you don't even need that all you need to do is work with your dreams for a couple of weeks and you'll begin to see how your inner world can shift so that's just from symbolic dreaming and not even lucid dreaming um which offers you a whole other range of benefits yeah Right. Which is a wonderful segue because we want to talk about that here pretty soon. Um, I think that what's, what's always been interesting for me is that like, and what a lot of people have said is that they'll, the dreams that they do remember don't seem significant. Um, they're like, Oh, I was, you know, walking down in, in the mall and I saw somebody blah, 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 you know, and it's like, it's not something that they think that they should pay attention to it because it, it seems mundane in some way. And I think that, um, for myself, um, recently, I have had this pull towards my dreams again. And it's so funny because I didn't look at the schedule ahead of time, a few weeks ahead of time before I started having all this new dream shit show up. And then I was like, oh crap, like I have Athena last coming on next week or whatever. We're going to talk about dreams, which is perfect. Um, But uh, in the the dreams that I, when I wake up and I notice that they are a bit more mundane or I only get snippets and and pieces and things like that. A lot of times I think people get discouraged because they're like, well, I can't really remember them and they don't really mean anything. So like, there's not a lot of energy I need to put into that. Are there ways in which that they can increase their ability to recall them? Definitely. And I think that's also something very helpful that you've said, right? A lot of times our lives are mundane, right? In our waking lives, we don't always have these like incredible experiences every single day of our lives. Our waking lives, waking lives can be very mundane. And so to anticipate that dreaming will always be this like incredible experience where you're receiving so much information. And um, on the one hand is accurate and on the other hand, it isn't. But So the basic thing there is just 
to know that like even in a mundane dream you are still being spoken to there is still a story and a narrative and if you're only remembering part of the picture that's because you're at the beginning of your dream work and the more you focus and the more you do it and it's simple practices like dream journaling five minutes every single morning will fundamentally shift the dynamic between you and your own dream and with that the insight that comes will move your dreams not just from mundane dreaming, but also into a space where there's reverence for all information that you're receiving. Um, so, so that's, you know, something very helpful to do. The writing really, really helps on a very pragmatic level. If people are struggling to recall their dreams, um, what's very helpful is that as you wake up, the second you wake up, not to physically move your body hmm. and you can to just replay your dream in your mind whatever you do remember just for like a minute and that will help store it to memory better mm. so so that can be very very helpful if you're struggling at the beginning I know that for me it's been really difficult because I get woken out of my sleep state by a baby monitor <laughs> so <laughs> immediately I'm going to grab the monitor and like okay she's crying let me yeah. get to pick her up or something and I, I recognized shit I lost the dream or I lost, you know, whatever, uh, when I'm able to wake up organically though, I have very vivid, very extreme, like close detail of exactly what happened front to end. Um, in fact, I just made myself this dream journal, which I was like excited about that. I crafted it. Um, you, those of you listening, you can't see what I'm holding up, but, um, I was like, let me make it special. Let me make it this. And, and, um, I'll put more attention to being able to uh, write down my dreams. Um, the journaling aspect uh, being a super important part. I noticed that when I started doing that, this happened a couple of weeks ago, that then in one night I had nine dreams and then I had a visitation from my grandpa that was so, so visceral. Um, and I've had visitation dreams before in the past. And sometimes I've really, really enjoyed them. Sometimes they've scared me. Um, yeah. It's when they come through people that I'm, I'm not aware of or don't know very well or whatever. Um, but then once I sat down and started writing them, I started to get really close connection to new guides and new spirit people that are showing up and being like, Hey, I'm, I'm your, I'm one of your people. And, um, people who are listening to this know this, who've seen all my Instagram, but I had a connection with, uh, Melchizedek who mind you, I have not heard of since my Bible study days. And then one time when I read the alchemist, I heard the name briefly, no real recollection of who this particular entity is. So then to do some research and see like this person's like an archangel in this culture and this and whatever, and people have spirit decks about it or whatever. This is me very real connecting in the dream world to who's right. supposedly helping me in my waking life. And so maybe you can speak to a little bit about that, how, um, you know, I know that in your book, you, you talk a lot about the ancient art of yeah. lucid dreaming and how in different cultures, um, you know, this is, this has been a practice and this has been a knowledge that, that many cultures have used for many, many years. Um, what are, what are some of the, uh, some knowledge that you can spread about that? Sure. So just like in relation to your story and your experience, right, what I love about that is that, I mean, you're obviously quite an open person in your waking life, right? And I feel the more connected you are, you know, obviously in your waking life, the easier it becomes to connect with your dreams. Um, so to have nine very 
vivid dreams which you remember and then to have a visitation and meet a guide just goes to show how much spirit is clamoring for your attention when we dream feel special (laughs) i think it's for all of us right when we dream we dream with our spirit and spirit universe non-local consciousness whatever the word is that feels most comfortable and we dream with our psyche we take ourselves in, you, we still take our being into that space, right? And so where the ancient art of this comes in is that with lucid dreaming, lucid dreaming is when you're in a dream and you are aware that you are dreaming. So something in the dream space activates the fa- your consciousness. So you're no longer unconscious, you're conscious. And with that, what you can do is you can begin to work with your guides more actively. You will remember your information much more and you'll be able to influence your waking life in a different way to how you are generally approaching it. Um, So that is, um, I would say, sort of higher level dreaming. Um, But your dream information, your guides, whatever the information is that you need I also feel will come to you in the way that is most comfortable to you at the beginning and so for a lot of people it's actually very funny when I was writing the book a lot of people would say to me you know I can't remember my dreams I haven't remembered my dreams for a long time and then just through reading about dreams that opened up a gateway and a doorway for people for those people to rekindle the connection. And I think sometimes it is just that simple. It, it, this is an intrinsic process. It's a natural process. Every single one of us on the planet dreams. It is, the mo- I would say, one of the most universal experiences. And it's so dismissed in our waking lives at the moment. We've really lost contact with it. Every single shamanic culture in the world will do vision quests, which is active dreaming. It's lucid dreaming that then takes you into higher realms of consciousness. So lucid dreaming is the vehicle that you use. It's the technique and tool. It's not necessarily the goal. Um, So Mm, I like that. Right. So like that, it's almost like meditation. You know, meditation isn't the goal. The goal is uh, well, I'd say at least for me, it's higher states of consciousness and awareness to feel at one as most as I can, right? So with dream work, it really just depends what you're wanting to get out of it and how willing you are to explore different avenues and aspects of life and self. And I think this work does take courage because in our waking lives, right, you're trying to manifest something or create something. There's a lot of information at the moment about how like, you put your thoughts out there, you think positively, you raise your vibration. I think all of that's helpful, right? But here's where dreaming is special. When you dream, you can't, you see what's real and true. And sometimes that's very hard to face. But if you need, if you need to move forward in life, you have to sometimes go through whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So the avoidance strategies that work in waking life don't necessarily work in dreaming. So, you know, say you're trying to create something new or you have a pattern of behavior that's very unhelpful. Your dreams will speak to you about that and they'll speak to you about it very honestly. And that's just normal everyday regular dreaming and most of the time it's actually in mundane dreams mm-hmm. that I most often hear about it where the key is right there it's, it's so it's 
so obvious if you just pay a bit of attention to it. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, that's, I guess, why I like DreamWorks as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting too, is like if people can make the concerted effort to make a very diligent uh, or vigilant, sorry, um, intention that then that can shift and change for them. Um, as you said, I am a very open person uh, in my waking life. And so it's, it's no secret to myself that, um, when I'm saying, Hey, I would, I would, I want to have interchange with you. I want to experience this. I want to experience that. Um, then I'm able to, to connect to that. Um, what's frustrating is when you have really wonderful, like, um, you know, what I would call grade a experiences, and then you can't seem to get those back. And you're like, what am I doing wrong or whatever you get in your head about it. Um, something interesting I'd, I'd love to open up and talk about are some of the more mystical aspects of dreaming, um, where for myself, I have experienced um, before you quite go to sleep. I heard you talk about this on someone else's podcast and I was like, oh, I know what that is, um, <laughs> where you are, are just before you get into that deeper sleep stage. And it's kind of the, what I call the, the drunk feeling, like how you feel if you were like really, really drunk. Um, sorry, I don't drink a lot, but you know what I mean? Like that, that like in between stage where you're like, I'm going to pass out. So, um, there is this, this space. So I have played with that space here and there, and I haven't played with it a lot because being in that space at sometimes I get type of connection or contact that to me can be in my waking life, a bit scary. Now you said something earlier that, that guides connect with you and that you, you shut down your sight. Um, you didn't want to see them, but you were comfortable with hearing them. I mean, the exact same way. So a couple, um, a week ago or so I was laying down and I made the intention. I put a Moldavite on my head. I did the meditation. I was like, I would really like to have more mystical shit happen in my life. I want to have more connection, more whatever. And so, um, that meditation actually made me really tired. And I was like, let me go take a nap. So I went to go take a nap. And as I was kind of in that in-between state, I heard what I thought was my partner walking through the house on his phone, talking or whatever. Um, and, but I was so in that space, I couldn't wake myself up. It was a type of lucid dream. Cause I was conscious, but I wasn't conscious that I was dreaming. And I actually don't think I was dreaming. I was actually hearing the, yeah, I was yeah, in that in between yeah. space. And so I was hearing someone who I thought was my partner, um, called, woke up, called him and was like, Hey, you know, like, what's, were you at home? And he's like, no, I wasn't. And I was like, somebody was walking through the house. And then remembered there were so many other experiences that I had like that, particularly when I was in Bali, a lot of open energy there. Um, mm -hmm. And I had a few very, what I would call grade A uh, astral travel experiences mm -hmm. where I laid myself down in a very conscious, intentional, I'm going to astral travel. I'm going to leave my body and sit mm -hmm. down. And in one day I was able to do it six times. I, was, I laid down popped out, was like, oh my God, this is cool. Pop back in. Okay. Stop saying it's cool. You know, like <laughs> just go with the experience to the point. Then a couple of days later, I had this very incredible, very lucid dream where, or astral travel, where I was able to leave the body, um, take one of my friends who was dreaming at the same time yeah. out. And we flew over the Island, then went to this place where these ancient people lived, very tall, light beings. They were showing us these books. They were speaking in this ancient language. I seem to have understood. And then um, when it was over and I woke up in the morning, I talked to my friend and I said, oh my God, I had the craziest experience to lucid dream last night. She was like, I had a dream. I was with you in a library. And I was like, no fucking way. Um, we were both there. And yeah. so can we talk deeply about what it, what does it look like to, to entertain not entertain to, to try to go into that in-between space, whether it be in our lucid dreaming and, or when we are making a conscious decision to be between, to be able to connect to spirit easier. Right. So I think 
firstly, that is so amazing and is something that I teach vividly and will be teaching about in my dream collective. It's mm. very much about linking the two together while linking the three together. It's three pathways. We, you work with your waking life, you work with the in-between, and then you work with your dream life. And then you recognize those in-between doors are available to you at all times. Mm. And so connecting with them is very helpful, right? So the main thing with that, I feel, is that because you're traveling and you're experiencing and you're opening yourself up to this mystical avenue of life and well-being, you have to know that you need to take your wits about you, that there is something very much about how in your waking life you navigate the world with your common sense and your intuition. It's very much the same for me when you are in the in-between space and not even the lucid dreaming space, but when you're doing, I guess, we could call it dream travel or astral travel. So, yeah, I guess the main thing is intention, focus, common sense, and using your int intuition. Hmm. There are a lot of people who are really scared about going to that space uh, because of they've experienced in some, some way or another sleep paralysis. Hmm. And I, I've experienced it myself. It's very, very scary feeling not to feel like you're in control. Um, I know that you have a very uh, practical reason why this happens. Right. Can you explain uh, sleep paralysis? Definitely. Right. So, so here's the thing, sorry, and I should probably have said this earlier as well, right? With the in-between state, when you're walking, you're, for anyone who hasn't experienced it, this is what it's like. So you're lying in bed and you, like you say, you're in that in-between space of falling asleep, but you're not quite falling, you're not asleep yet. And if you can focus your attention in a very relaxed way, you're able to move your consciousness into the sleep state and then into the dream state, right? When you're in the sleep state, what it goes like is you, first you close your eyes and you see these patterns that come up. Those patterns then become full images, but like an image is a photo or like how I'm looking at my screen on the computer. And then once you, that's still like the in-between sleep state. And then the minute you've gone through the sleep state into the dream state, your, that image comes to life, like how the room is around yeah. you. <laughs> okay. So that's firstly is incredible. Such an amazing experience I wish for everyone. But with that, what's happening is you're moving you're, you are aware of your psyche and your own consciousness in a much more direct way. And with that, you can hear sounds that can be quite overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You can see things that can be quite overwhelming. And the main thing to know with that is that you are conscious and able to direct your attention through into that space. And you can do, you do that by focusing your thoughts and calming your energy and, and calming your emotional space, right? Where sleep paralysis comes in is like in the opposite version of falling asleep. Most mm -hmm. of the time people experience it on waking, right? And, and my take on it is that you're going through that in-between space, but you weren't lucid in your dream. And somehow at the end of the dream, you've now become lucid in the from dream into out of dreaming into waking consciousness and you're sitting here and so your body well for here it's for the people who aren't watching this sorry I was trying to say the in-between space right mm -hmm. so your body still has all the chemicals and uh, uh, that keep you from moving around in your sleep 
and you, people experience that as sleep paralysis. So your consciousness is awake, but you're woken up in a very jarring way because you're coming out of dreaming and you have no active awareness that that's what's just happened. So it's, it can be very frightening. And a lot of the time people have very dark and difficult images associated with sleep paralysis. And, you know, actually all around the world, there's often um, people talk about a woman who sits, who will sit, sit on, on their chest, right? Yeah. Um, I, I used to have sleep paralysis quite a bit when I was younger, and I must say I never had that experience. Um, I had that, uh, more had the experience of seeing sort of like shadow figures in the corner of yeah. the room. Um, you know, now being more practiced in lucid dreaming and walking my consciousness into different states of being, um, don't have that experience anymore and I think it's very much because I have I'm not saying I probably never will I probably will now that I've said it but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's very much the intention and manner that you fall asleep um, and having reverence to the process that you're actually doing something quite special um, mm -hmm. and it's something that can give you a lot of information you know if we were in older sort of communities we would do rituals around these practices um so you know for a lot of modern dreamers you kind of by yourself exploring these things can feel quite overwhelming yeah i know that though i've only had sleep paralysis twice and the first time i had it um i did have that experience where two beings were standing over me they look very much like aliens uh gray aliens and uh, at the time, I was very fearful of those beings. And I, you know, you know, try to scream as much as I could. <laughs> and finally, like, pop myself out of bed and turn on the light. And they weren't there. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> so, so scared. Um, and then the second time it happened was when I was in the middle of an, uh, a conscious. It was actually my first astral travel experience where I made the intention. I was like, I'm going to try and do it. And um, I heard, like you said, your overwhelming sounds. Um, this like really loud sound. And it felt like I was getting ready to hit the ceiling. And so I somehow popped, you know, back into my body and I couldn't get it to move anymore. And then I started to feel what felt like a seizure. Um, I started to shake. And I don't know if that was just internally feeling like that, or if I was actually shaking, but it was like 12 minutes long. And um, someone has told me that, that, no, that was your Kundalini awakening. Yeah. And I was like, oh, bet. Cool. Um, but I was very terrified and I was like, oh, never astral travel again. And then I couldn't stop reading about it and I wanted to try it again. So a nice introduction think, to that. I think there's something to this as well, right? That these are astral travel, you know, lucid dreaming, dream work, all of it. it meditation, high states of consciousness are all practices that people were guided into for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. And there are actually levels to it. And I think if you, because I'm very much like that and have been my whole life as well, where I just sort of found my way into things. And actually a lot of the time, whether I wanted to or not, things would mm -hmm. spontaneously happen for me. I think that's what really I guess, initiated my curiosity. But nowadays, you can really like practice in a way that can make you feel much more confident in your ability to do these things in a way that feels much more contained mm -hmm. um, and emotionally comforting. Not to say that all the experiences will feel like that, because I don't think that's true, but um, that there can be steps to it so that you're not jar not so jarred in the process. Right, right. right. Um, but again, each everyone, we all have our own 
journey and process. So there isn't, it's not a judgment thing. It's just like, I guess, I, I guess when I created my book and when I was writing it, I really wanted to create a safe space for people to explore that in a way that felt good so that you don't have to have these jarring experiences and then be like, what the hell, what just happened? Right. Um, you know, yeah. Safe container. Yeah. Something that's interesting that you talked about is, is uh, using your dreams or lucid dreaming in order to heal something in your waking life. And I know that for um, a lot of the things that I heard you talk about were, were really physical things um, for myself. I think that there's something happening within a metaphysical healing that I'm having. Um, I, I had a dream about my grandfather a couple of days ago. Um, my, my dad's father, who every time he visits me in a dream and my father as well, he never says anything. And we both find this to be odd that in all of our dreams that we have of him, you know, he, he just kind of does this little smile at us and he doesn't say anything, but he showed up in the dream and, um, I was in a pool or something and I was with some friends maybe, and I turned and I saw him over my shoulder, uh, amongst other people that I knew. And I was like, oh, Papa, you know, like yelled at him, hey, Papa, you know, and I jumped out of the pool and I ran right up to him and I put my hands on his face and I was like, oh, wow. Like you're here you're real. And I was very aware in the dream that no one else could see him. And I was like, oh, you know, and so we're having somehow some type of telepathic conversation. I'm talking, but he's not talking. He's just smiling. And, um, have you ever watched new girl? I haven't actually, there's this character (laughs) on the show that never says anything. And the main character, one of the main characters, Nick is talking to him and he he just smiles. And that was very much that situation. So people watch the show know what I'm talking about, but, um, (laughs) he's, he's standing there and I have this full awareness that, that no one else can see him. And in my thought, while I was in the dream, I thought, see, this isn't scary. Seeing people who have passed isn't scary. Um, it was like, I was having this weird inception dream where, because in my waking life, I'm very terrified of being able to actually physically see someone show Mm -hmm. up and manifest. But it, for some reason feels like it's part of my journey. I'm supposed to be able to heal this thing. So in the dream here, I am going, see, it's not scary. And then I have this and this, this seems so complex. <laughs> like you said, there's, there's layers to this shit, um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting in, in the dream and then I can see, it's like, I, I left my body within a dream. I astral traveled within a dream and could see myself standing there talking to him as he was then invisible. So it was as if I was getting the perspective from other people, like what, what this looked like. And so then I popped back into my body and I was still talking to him or whatever. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. I'm so like, this shouldn't be scary. I should be able to see people and it should be okay. And when I woke up, it was that inception moment that I was like, wasn't I already awake? <laughs> and just this visceral, you know, response. So how do you find that these experiences that people can have, if they can teach themselves how to lucid dream, that they can apply that, that, that dreaming state to be able to heal something in their waking life? I think that it naturally comes up a little bit like what happened for you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think so th- there's that, that you can have, um, if you become lucid in a dream, what you can do is you can say to your entire dreamscape, and this isn't my recommendation, it's another lucid dreamer's, um, his name is Stephen Labash, and he says, you say, projections be gone, right? And what that does is that clears out the dream space from any symbols that are coming within you. And I really take that from a psyche standpoint, right? Because remember, our dreams are alerting us to all sorts of information that we need to confront, that we're trying to work out, that we need added information to. So now that's the first practice in a lucid dream, that you're clearing out that space. 
yours was lucid but also not lucid it was only lucidity at the end right when you recognize that you thought you were awake but you you had a, it's almost it's a false awakening mm -hmm. you think you're awake but you're not awake and you're only awake in real life and really what that means it's not like I, I actually hate the word false awakening because it's really showing you your consciousness is showing you that you're there and, and that you're ready right mm. there's deep part of you that's ready and it's almost like a message for me I always take this false awakening is showing you that consciousness is really the most direct part that you have um and so if if it's in seeing images or seeing spirit in your mm -hmm. waking life you know in image it's knowing that you are safe to do that through the experience of your grandfather but also knowing that you can do that in the dreamscape and both sets both sides of information is helpful right mm -hmm. so you can practice first in that space because you can clear that space out I feel faster than you can in your waking life. Right. Um, so, so that's the thing. And so, again, you also have different practices. Your dream body and your astral body, they are different practices that you can focus on to ground the energy um, so that you, uh, you know, so you can, you know what's going on in a way that feels more tangible right mm -hmm. and then in terms of seeing image i guess there's it's not an accident that we both uh you know we're both coming from a similar space um in terms of seeing things i really just think that it's part of being comfortable with the process i'm not sure you have to see things if you don't want to um right. you know i'm not 100 certain about that i think hearing is enough and i don't think spirit necessarily wants to bombard you with images unless you want to receive them you know? right right yeah cool um well what about people who are trying to get closer to maybe they want to have these visitations in their dreams or they want to meet their spirit guides or have uh, better more anchoring or more evidential um things happening that that makes them feel like okay i i know who i'm working with or you know whatever what are some advice or tips for people to uh, engage with besides intention uh that would help them connect to these these figures in their their spiritual okay. life so i think like exactly like you said um not just intention the intention before you sleep even in waking life the practice is similar right you have the intention to meet your spirit guide or a guide and then depending on the avenue that it comes up say we you know because we're talking about dreams like your grandfather came to you you were acquainted with his spirit you know his energy you know him it felt good it was this positive interaction they weren't words because actually our words needed right mm -hmm. that's also something maybe to to have a think about right um that what would come up an audible thing it's interesting that he didn't speak to me actually mm -hmm. for you. but right so for someone who's new to that and you're meeting a guide in your dream space my thing is to always ask them information that can be validated in waking life mm -hmm. if you're working with dream uh, dream guides I share a story in my book about this woman who she's also an expert lucid dreamer and she had she held the dream intention to meet the omniscient part of herself for like two years. She wanted to meet God within, the divine within. That was her intention for her lucid dreaming space. And in that time, she lucid dreamed and she had this experience of meeting up with this Buddhist lama. And they he taught her all sorts of things. She managed to expand her practice. 
he gave her tools and techniques in her waking life. And I think, I'm not sure how she took him to be, but for many people would either say, oh, you know, he's a meaningful projection of her own mind or he's a spirit guide. Later, something like 12 years later, she was at a conference teaching on dreams. And I think dreams. And she met the Buddhist, she met him. And he, you know, they, he was like, where do I know you from? And she was like, oh, we've met in the dreamscape. And he's like, yes, of course, we, I've been training you. And, he did, and they, so she had this guide who actually, it wasn't a spirit guide, he wasn't deceased, he hadn't passed over, but he was another guide in waking life. It's an incredible space because so many people, so many guides can come up. Mm-hmm. But like with waking life, it's, prudent it's it's wise to ask yourself like who am I speaking to what is this person this being's intention and then asking for validation in your waking life so it can be information like if you meet your grandfather to say something like what story or what was what's most meaningful to me what's most helpful in my life or do you remember that time and then see what the information is so that you are given clear clear guidance you know I find it to be an interesting synchronicity that you told that story because um, the one chapter I was able to read once your book got here on uh, Friday um, was about what contained that story. And what was even weirder is that yesterday, a friend of mine sent me a a meme or something from Instagram about a girl who said that she was dreaming. And in her dream, there was a guy who was in the dream and and she said out loud, I'm dreaming. He was like, no, you're not. I'm dreaming. You're in my dream. And she's like, get out of my dream. (laughs) And, and, you know, she just didn't think anything of it, but she remembered his face so well because it was such a weird dream. And four years later, she was walking somewhere in Manhattan and she saw him and they recognized each other. And he was like, I know you. And she's like, I know you, you know, and it was this thing thing. And so I have chills all over my body. Um, Yes. (laughs) It's a very interesting experience. So let's talk about dreamscape. Um, as a dream world, you know, there's this in-between space that, that I do believe exists that, uh, uh, we can go in our dreaming life and that people who have passed it can come and visit us in guides can come. It's like this, like limbo playground, <laughs> if you will. Can you, uh, talk a little bit about, um, uh, the metaphysical aspects of what this place is and what does it mean to be able to visit this place in our dream life intentionally? So it's interesting to me. I, I feel like to visit it intentionally is one of the most amazing experiences you can have because you start to have these really numinous and just wow kind of experiences where you just know you're connected to something so much bigger and more incredible than you can ever imagine, right? So we have these kind of moments, these big synchronicity moments in life, which are so amazing. Like, oh my God, I've seen you and you're walking in Manhattan and I know you from this dreamscape. And it kind of goes like, your mind's like, wow, what does this mean? What does this mean for my life? You know, all these incredible things. But actually every night we have access to that. Mm. Every single night we are given access to that. We feel so I feel modern people all over the world because I'm literally speaking to dreamers all over the world, you know, feel so disconnected, so uncertain, so afraid. And it is a scary time in the world currently. But when we dream, we are in a space where we can see what we are co-creating. So it's not just a dream. It, it, it's not just a dream space. It is a dream space to meet with guides, with relatives that have moved on if they want to if consciousness wants to manifest as that, I believe it will come. I'm not 100% certain 
they in limbo. I, I'm not 100% certain about that. I think I, I question that often, actually. But I do think energy can manifest in a way that is needed when it's needed in mm -hmm. a shape, form, and image in a way that is helpful, right? Mm. Um, so that dream space, that liminal space, the layers to dreaming are available every single night. And it's really a matter of attention and choice. What's very interesting to me is that in Tibetan Ban Buddhism, right, they talk about how even in the dream space and scape that all the symbols and all the images and all the people that you meet, that none of that is actually as important as recognizing the, the consciousness behind symbol and image. And that's something that I very much work with in my dream collective and work with in waking life because that opens you up to different avenues of being. So it's very metaphysical and exactly like what you were saying earlier, where it's very multifaceted. Mm. Um, so it really depends on the intention and where you're at in your life and what you're needing in that exact moment. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about naps? About napping? Yeah, um, I'm a huge. I love napping. I think that firstly, it's actually been proven to help your heart, your heart health, right? Mm -hmm. I always use that as an excuse. Such a big nap, but I also think it's such an incredible practice if you are new to dream work and want to try it. Because when you nap, you sleep for such a smaller amount of time, but you generally dream, and so it's much easier to wake up and recall what you've yes. been dreaming. Because right? you're not in this long sleep process, you're in this smaller sleep process. Yeah. So it's good for your heart and it's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big time napper, and or when I can, obviously, um, when you have the luxury of being able to nap. But um, especially lately in the last few years, I've napped with the intention of like, okay, this is my kind of my meditation time. I am um, actually, this surprises a lot of people, but I'm really bad at maintaining a meditation practice. And, but like, I'm really good at my nap time <laughs> because I, it'll start with the meditation, but I always often fall asleep. And when I, when I do fall asleep, I will have, I will always have a dream I can remember. And the dream will most likely have something very meaningful for me within the meditation, within the intention. So it's almost like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I fell asleep, but like I had this, you know, experience while I was asleep, you know, who Edgar Casey is. I'm, I'm probably right. sure of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, Edgar Casey, for those of you guys who don't know, is a very well-documented, most well-documented uh, psychic. Mm -hmm. And this person, uh, used to go to the dreamscape in order to get answers for people, right. um, you know, different, I think he had over a thousand documented, um, you know, sleep dream, right. psychic, whatever predictions. Um, I know that, uh, is it Thomas Edison, I believe, uh, would use dreams in order to, to come up with these inventions. He would go to the, with the intention, falling asleep, set himself. Actually, we talked about an interview with Dr. James Hart, uh, who's a neurophysicist, oh. neurobiologist. Um, I'm going to get one of them wrong, but <laughs> would lean back in the chair and put um, like a ball bearing in one, in one hand and then put a pan underneath it. So when he started to fall asleep, he'd drop it and you'd be right in that in-between stage when your body starts to fall asleep and wake himself back up. So he'd remember what it was. Um, have you ever entertained any uh, practices like that where you're able to pull from the Akashic records or pull from yeah. the dream world in order to get answers in your waking life? Every single day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much like that. I, I mean, 
you know, the, that in-between space is really where the dream work comes in at the beginning, right? And um, it's actually interesting because Salvador Dali did a lot of his creative work in that in-between space. And he wrote, I write about it in the book, but he, he had this really funny exercise where he'd put a spoon on his hand and a plate next to the chair he would sleep in so that the minute he fell asleep, his hand would relax. Oh, that's the same thing. Right, wow. and, and he'd be woken up, and he'd take his creative inspiration. He would be ready to paint straight after. Wow! And so, if you think about it, with the the imagery that you see in that liminal space, is often also very surreal. So it's it's so lovely to me that. Um, but yes, the practices that you can do in that space, that's really where the waking dream practices come in or wait I mean in modern lingo it's called waking juice lucid dreaming or some people think it's yoga nidra but there are slight differences in it so this is something that I teach people to do and it's very very helpful right so um the difference being that for most people they put you, you know like how you were saying you have a nap and you fully fall asleep but then you wake up enough um, with enough insight and, and awareness to know what your dream is about, to get the message. And that's brilliant. Like, you you know, if you feel like you need more, then you can do the practice where you're in the in-between state, but you are conscious, so you don't fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And that space, so you move through that liminal space into the dream space, and, you, well, you do both. And what you see is very, very helpful. Um, and I outline full practices in my book if anyone wants to try. And it just takes a bit of perseverance at the beginning for most people um, to get it done, especially if they're new to, you know, spirituality or meditation right. or anything um, like that. Because I think it can be a bit, you know, it's this new way of thinking in a way. Yeah. I feel like I got a, a, a flash of guidance just now. Um, that I need to practice this kind of thing in order to speak to people in the beyond. It, like, it, <laughs> like I need to put a, a spoon in my hand and I need to have a pot and get to the space uh, to be in between. Cause I know that when I've, I've been falling asleep and then I've woken myself up or someone has woken me up that I will always have this feeling of like, where did I go? You know, that moment of like you said, it's, you said it so perfectly. I've never heard anybody describe it this way, but when you're in that space, it seems like you're seeing images, like still images. And then once you're fully in the lucid space, it's like a 3d. And I've I've said for years that when I'm in that fur, the very beginning stages of like, you don't recognize that you're about to fall asleep or that you're in that space and you got woken up and you were like, did I fall asleep? But where was I for a little bit? Um, that I'm having these little mini dreams that happen almost instantly upon right. falling asleep. And so a lot of, it's a lot of people's belief that within the REM cycles, you don't dream until towards the end of that particular cycle. But I find that as soon as I am leaving that direct consciousness that I'm engaging with some other world that I feel like I've actually left and then come back. So we're actually going to talk a little bit more about this on our Patreon, but um, we're going to end this interview here. And uh, guys, if you want to hear the rest of this interview, go to patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah to hear the rest of it. But before we go, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, guys, make sure that you go check out her book, the alchemy of your dreams, a modern guide to the ancient art of lucid dreaming and interpretation. So besides that, where can people find you, Athena? Thank you so much. It was so great chatting to you, by the way. Um, people can find me online. The best place is my website, which is www.athenalaz.com. 
And then Instagram, which I'm definitely going to be a bit more active on, is Athena underscore Laz. Perfect. Well, guys, um, this is a wealth of information. Please, please, please check out her book. Um, I've already gone through a couple of chapters and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to try this thing. <laughs> Dreaming is something that I can't you, wait to hear about it. You know, <laughs> if dreaming is something that you guys want to explore, uh, definitely check that out. So uh, if you like this episode, please send it to someone you love and we will see you in the next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Aaliyah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.